the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When God says he's going to do something, you'd best prepare for it to happen. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues in what it meant for mankind in this message, God's Universal Judgment. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. We're going to get into the book of Malachi, and we're about midway, or almost a little over halfway um, through that particular book. I want you to turn to the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and how befitting Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And there are these words. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering of righteousness then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. And I will come near you for what? Judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans, and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. I love this part. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? And from this passage, this riveting passage of Scripture, we want to preach, prepare for the coming day of judgment. Repeat after me. Prepare for the coming day of judgment. The passage is broken down this way uh, as we exegete this particular passage. Uh, Passage breakdown verse 1. They all start with P's, by the way. Verse 1 is preparation for the Lord's coming and judgment. 
Verses 2 and 3 is purging by the Messiah. Verse verse 4 is purpose of purging. Verse 5, punishment for sin and rebellion. And verses 6 and 7, patience in the midst of Israel's backslidden condition. Now, let's repeat it to make sure that you have it. I know many of you are writing. Verse 1 is what? Preparation for the Lord's coming and judgment. Verses 2 and 3 is what? Purging by the Messiah. Verse 4, purpose of purging. Verse 5, punishment for sin and rebellion. And verses 6 and 7, patience in the midst of Israel's backslidden condition. Listen, my friends. My first night after coming home from Africa a few weeks ago, God revealed to me in the middle of the night in a vision, I was running in the midst of tornadoes. And I would run in one direction and a funnel cloud would touch down and then I would run in another direction and another funnel cloud would touch down. It seems as if every way I turned, there was nothing but tornadoes. To the point that I cried out to God in the midst of a barrage of tornadoes that were touching down in every direction. And there was no way of escape, and all I could do was just cry out for the mercy of God. God God awakened me and revealed through this vision that there is an imminent coming day of judgment for America that will sweep across this land the likes of which we have not seen in American's history. If you by chance think that 9-11 was something, it will pale in comparison to the catastrophic times that are coming to America because in 231 years of our country, she has drifted so far from God And the protective hand of God is gradually being lifted from this country because we are divorcing God from this country as a nation, and the nation as a whole could could care less. We expect now the ungodly, wicked generation to rebel. We expect... Uh, those who are wicked to ignore God. We expect those who are atheists to despise God, but unfortunately, Christians have fallen asleep. And God has me here today as heaven's alarm clock to sound the alarm. Sound the alarm that many of you who are asleep would wipe the sleepiness from your eyes. You who have a great disregard for sacred things, for not coming to communion, for not rejoicing in the baptism of others, that you would turn back to your ways, the ways of God. You who are drunk in your pleasure and you who are relaxing in your comfort with no regard for God, God is saying, wake up, wake up, you who are sleepy in church. Wake up to you who think you are so spiritual and yet so far from God. Wake up you who are drowning in your entertainment and can no longer hear the voice of Almighty God. 
Wake up, you who are addicted to your own selfishness and yet at the same time dying in your sins. Prepare for the coming judgment from God that is soon to come. For too many churches have fallen into the category of the Laodicean church that God strongly rebukes. Hold your hand in this passage, turn over to Revelation, and you see rebuking churches is nothing new uh, in the economy of God. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, you see a church rebuke, the Laodicean church. It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of what? Nothing. I don't need it. I don't need nothing. I don't need anybody. I'm all right. And do not know that you, he's talking to the church, you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and what? Naked. Now that's bad off, y'all. And you know what? The Laodicean church is not a church that's by herself. Because many churches in the times in which we live, not only globally, but in this country, as we celebrate the coming Independence Day, many churches today are wretched, miserable, think they're rich and they're poor, blinded to their sins, blinded to their ways, and naked before a Jehovah God. Now turn back to Malachi chapter 3. In this particular passage, the prophet Malachi warns Israel of the imminent judgment to come. Verse 1, preparation for the Lord's coming and judgment. Look at verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Now in verse 1, the prophet Malachi says God will send his what? messenger who will prepare the way before me. Now, the messenger who is sent by God is none other than John the Baptist, who came to prepare the way. Turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses uh, 7 through 10, and you'll see that validated so clearly. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 7 through 10, It says, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see, y'all? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, 
and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. So who prepared the way before the coming of the Messiah? John the Baptist. He did his, he did indeed. John prepares the way for the coming Messiah who was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, the house of bread, uh, in the house of bread was born the bread of life. <laughs> Jesus being I, our Emmanuel, he was God with us so that salvation could come to us. But unfortunately, he came unto his own and his own received him what? Not. He was a prophet without honor in his own town. He was the most perfect and holy example before men died on Calvary's cross to redeem lost humanity for the, from the penalty and power of sin. And yet he rose in great victory and resurrection. His first coming was as a sacrificial lamb to redeem mankind, but his second coming will be as the coming king of glory to judge the world in righteousness. He's no longer coming as a baby. He's coming as God, King of kings and Lord of lords to judge this wicked world in his holy righteousness. And his second coming will be imminent. It will be unexpected. It will be unannounced. He will come as a thief in the night to those who are apathetic. He will come as a thief in the night to those who are negligent. He will come as a thief thief in the night for those who neglect and abuse sacred things. He will come in a thief in the night to those who have such sleepy eyes to themselves. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 2 and 3 please turn there if you can turn fast enough if you can't turn fast just jot it down 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 2 and 3 it says for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night for when he says peace and safety and that's what folk are forecasting you know, we are right. We are a nation of prosperity. We are a superpower. Look at our military might. We survived 911. We survived Katrina. It's going to be all right. Just live and let live. Peace and safety and sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Look back in verse 1 of chapter 3. Also in verse 1 is the phrase, even the messenger of the covenant, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Now you see messenger twice in verse 1. Do y'all see that in the text as I exegete it? Now, this messenger is different from the first messenger in the first phrase of the verse. My messenger in the opening phrase of verse 1 
is a reference to John the Baptist. But in the middle of the verse, it says, even the messenger of the covenant, that is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who will come in judgment. Christ came and he fulfilled the law and he ushered in a new covenant of grace. Jeremiah chapter 31 If you can turn there fast enough, Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34 is a profound text dealing with that new covenant. Jeremiah 31, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. I love this. It's just sweet to my soul. It says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 30. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more, no more, a reference and allusion to the new covenant ushered in. By Jesus Christ, he fulfilled the law perfectly and ushered in the age of grace. And you ought to be thankful to God that we are no longer under the law, but under grace. Amen. Because I tell you, those under the law, a rebellious child will be put to death. Amen. Uh, Under the law, y'all would wear me out. I would have blood all over me because I would be offering up offerings for your sins. And we would, you have to bring those offerings, perfect uh, lambs without blemish and all these kind of things. But that old sacrificial system has been done away and in has come the age of grace because of Jesus Christ is the author of time. And, and if you want to know what time it is, look at Jesus. Verses 2 and 3 is the purging by the Messiah purging by the Messiah. Verses 2 and 3 says, but who can endure the day of his coming? How many of y'all know Jesus is coming back again? Now since Jesus is coming back again, Malachi asks a question, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and and like lunderous soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. In these two verses, judgment begins with God's people who broke the covenant with God. Malachi says, you know, judgment is not going to begin with the Hittites and the Malachites and all those other, I'm going to get you because I emancipated you, I redeemed you, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, I I set you 
apart from all the other nations so that I could be glorified through you. But she broke covenant and went a whoring after other gods. And because Israel was so steeped in sin, Malachi asked the riveting question when judgment comes, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? Now to purge, you see where say purge. You're talking about purge, purge, purge. To purge is to purify. To purge is to cleanse. To purge is to wash away sins that contaminate the people of God and separate them from a holy God. And the coming of the Lord will purify. He's going, I'm going to come and I'm going to purify Israel by purging out the wicked as a refiner's fire purifies and full of soap cleanses the dross or rubbish. You know, when you use soap, the purpose of soap is to get the dirt out. Amen. You don't take a bath without soap. You need some good soap to get that, what, dirt off. And sometimes when that dirt shadows in deeply, you just, sometimes you can't get it out quick because it's so steep in there. So y'all know where I'm going. So sometimes you have to let it, what? There you go. You got to let it soak. And you know what? Some of us are so steeped in sin, some of us need to just soak in the blood of Jesus Christ. Need to, need to soak in it so that that stuff can be raised up and done away with. Oh, I remember the days before all these electric washers and all this stuff. My mama had something called a rub bulb. Somebody know what I'm talking about. These new folk don't know what I'm talking about. But they had something called a rub boat, and she would get down on her knees in that bathtub, and she would get, get, and we were six of us, and she would get and put soap and stuff in it, and then, boom, 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 and she'd be singing while she's rumbling through those ridges. And she was, and, but she had soap in it, and it was, the purpose was to purify and to cleanse so that we would smell clean. And listen, if you're not soaking in the blood of Jesus Christ, you is just as stinky as you could be. And you're not clean in the nostrils of Almighty God. He says, I'm going to come and uh, I'm going to purify as refinify does. Listen, we all like diamonds and fine, and, and fine jewelry and all these kind of things. But let me tell you something. If you go over in the Congo where all that gold and stuff is, if you take that stuff out in the raw and say, where? you say, ugh, what is this? You won't put that mess on your hand. You'll be calling something valuable mess. You know why? Because it hasn't been purged. Hasn't been refined. It hasn't been put through the fire so that the rubbish and the dross can come out so that it can sparkle and lure you to purchase it because of its sparkling beauty. But it cannot sparkle until it has first gone through the refiner's fire. And be it known to you today, we cannot sparkle for Jesus 
We cannot shine like the noonday sun for Jesus until we first have gone through the refiner's fire. That's why those trials come. That's why trouble gets all in your way. (laughs) Because God ain't through with you yet. And he sends you through stuff you have no control over because he wants to get the dross off of you. He wants to get the relish off of you so that you can shine and win folk to Jesus like never before in these last days. Won't you say amen? Oh, the text says there the phrase, he will purify the sons of Levi. As God's representatives and promoters of religious life before the nation of Israel, the priests were required to lead God's people to God and to ensure that the the lives of the people were brought into conformity of the law of God. But you know what? Those old wretched priests, they were corrupt and led the people astray. Therefore, the work of purification would begin first with the priest and then spread to the whole nation. And when when judgment comes, before I get Israel, I'm going to start with those priests. And even today, many priests, pastors, and teachers of the word of God are leading God's people astray. And the models in the pulpit are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer. And God said, preacher, I'm going to get you because you weren't a good model. And I'm going to get them because they've been helping themselves in sin too. You may get by, but you will not get away. Verse 4, purpose of purging. Look at verse 4. Purpose of purging. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the day of old, as in former years. That's the purpose of purging, you all. The purpose of God's purging his people, he don't just purge to be purging, he purges with a purpose. It is that so our lives would be a sweet-smelling aroma a sweet-smelling offering of righteousness before the Lord. As it says in the last verse of, uh, the the last phrase of verse 3, you see a purpose right there. Look at that very last phrase of verse 3. It says that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. That's why he purges, because he wants us to be a righteous offering before him. A true, living, righteous sacrifice to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.